0: Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, and I'm here with Dave Somerville and Jake McGee. This is our very first show on the 9th of February, 2022. It is a Wednesday night. We hope you all enjoy yourselves. We're looking forward to the Super Bowl. Gentlemen, how are we?
1: Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much for having us, here. You know, um, we're, oh, as a Rams fan. I am so looking forward to this. The the feeling of finally reaching where we belong is brilliant, you know, and I would love to say that you guys would know that feeling, but it's been a while.
0: I think we need to um, get these introductions out of the way. So Dave Somerville, tell us a bit about yourself. First of all, why why are you a Rams fan? I think everybody wants to know that.
1: uh, Well, thank you very much for asking. I'm so glad you did. I think it would have been maybe around 99, my first actual Super Bowl that I watched. And, of course, the magic that was Kurt Warner leading us to the win. Um, so that was pretty much it. I, I, I was an eight-year-old glory hunter at that point. Um, obviously, Kurt Warner throwing to uh, Holt, throwing to Isaac Bruce. You know, it was a magic team. And finally, we're back to that point where we are amazing. We are an amazing team. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I can't wait for Sunday, though.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. And uh, Jake McGee, what about yourself? Tell us a bit about yourself.
2: Okay, well, similar to Dave, I suppose I'm a bit of a glory hunter in the terms of my first Super Bowl. I'm not as old as Dave. So my first uh, Super Bowl was 2009 that I watched uh, playing poker with a bunch of my American friends and they kept on going on about the Super Bowl. I turned in, and obviously it was the Colts against the Saints, and the Colts were five-point favorites. And I'm British, so I like the underdog. Uh, so I backed the Saints, and then ever since Tracy Porter and his pick six, I've just been hooked since. And then uh, I think I've cursed the Saints since as well. So <laughs> you're welcome.
0: I think pretty much um, almost every British fan uh, of the NFL can can claim to be a glory hunter of some kind or another. Yeah, I, I myself uh, slightly slightly earlier than you two gentlemen, started watching the 80s and uh, I at the beginning I was torn between the Dolphins and the Broncos because of Dan Marino and John Elway. And my brother, like John Elway, he was bigger than me, so I started supporting the Broncos and that's how I became a Broncos fan. Um, I, I know a couple of guys I went to school with obviously were supporting uh, the 49ers, the Giants, the Redskins, um, basically teams who'd won the Super Bowl uh, through those middle late 90s. Uh, there was even a couple of Bears fans in there. So I think uh, almost everyone has a little bit of glory hunting in them. You sort of see that by the by the tops that you, you see at the Wembley games. The first year I went, uh, the first game I think I saw may actually have been the Saints. Jake, I think it was the Saints and the Chargers was the first game I saw. Yeah, when that was early on.
2: Is that like 07. I don't know what year that was. Well, who was the quarterback? Was it Drew? Oh, yeah, well, I was in, I think 07, but
0: I think cool. it might have been Drew. Um, Drew Brees against Philip Rivers. Would that be yeah. right? Yeah,
2: so so 2006 was when Brees came over to the Saints.
0: That sounds about right. We'd I mean, be,
2: be around that time
0: frame, might need to look that up actually. Um, and back then there was a lot of Patriots jerseys in the in the audience and you could tell obviously because the Patriots had been absolute garbage for their entire existence apart from one uh, brief spot in 1985 when they went to the Super Bowl and get mauled by the Bears. Uh, Other than that they'd been pretty rubbish. I think they had another appearance in 90, I want to say 96 when they played the Packers in the Super Bowl. I could be mistaken but uh, by 2007 there was an awful lot of Patriots fans in the UK so yeah, it was a game later on, but uh, you know, you, you can't help when you when you take an interest in the game and fair play to everyone. Although uh, I think the funniest thing I did see was two Cleveland Browns fans sitting behind me in Wembley one year, and I had to wonder how they became fans of the Cleveland Browns.
1: I think I'd be asking them if they were lost by that point. Yeah, you know, not not just at the game, but in life. I, I I just I can't fathom the reason. I was I was thinking when you were saying there. Uh what what kind of teams would have very little support and the Browns and the Lions would be the ones Uh, I mean, it it's it's they must have PTSD, their loyal their most loyal fans at this point. It, it's, I, I, poor Lions fans I, especially.
0: I think at least in those days in the early early to mid two thousands, prior to the Lions completely falling off a cliff. Um <laughs> yes. they you know they did have Barry Sanders through the through the nineties. So that was at least something to cheer about having a, a, an all-time great player. But with the Cleveland Browns, in the, by the mid two thousands, you know, short of a couple of playoff runs through the through the eighties, they they'd done nothing. They, they did
1: go winless one year, didn't they? Yeah.
2: They Hugh, did. Jackson.
0: Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson.
2: was like zero and thirty-two, wasn't he? Something like that. Like zero and thirty-one. He was something ridiculous. He was impressively bad.
0: Yes. Did he not go one and fifteen and then say... If we go 1-15 again, I'm going to jump in Lake Erie. And they went to
2: 0-16. I mean, man of his word. Didn't didn't go 1-15.
0: <laughs> I think I think you might be right there. I think you yeah. might be right. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's us. I, I'm a Broncos fan. Jake's a Saints fan. Dave's a Rams fan. We'll try to be as impartial as we can. Of course, it's going to be difficult with the Super Bowl coming up. We're gonna to have to talk about that at some point, uh, but before we do that, before we get into that, we're gonna talk about the latest uh, news in around the NFL.
1: Uh, and, well, uh, I have I have one little bit that I can contribute straight away. Um, apparently, we are going to have NFL back in Germany uh, in the autumn, so they're looking at switching between Frankfurt and Munich uh, for games on our every year. Uh, coming to Europe, so it's it does take away potential games from the UK, but I think considering how NFL Europe, the majority of teams were in were in Germany, I think that's definitely a plus to get it back in the country.
0: Yes, I, I believe that the German teams had the highest audience attendances through NFL Europe. Uh, I think they were regularly getting sort of between thirty five and forty thousand a game. So mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they had the they had the highest average attendance. That is a massive NFL following in Germany. That's really good to
2: hear. Um, well, the NFL have been doing a big thing the last couple of years, even when you go down to London, is it branding it as the international series. So obviously, you've got Mexico. Um, so it makes sense for them to obviously kind of broaden the horizons rather than it just being UK.
0: Yeah, you're right. They've got the international series. And what have we been having? Is there are four games.
2: Four yeah, games. we've been pretty spoilt for the most part. Mm-hmm. Very spoiled. There was always one one or two and now it's three or four so
0: uh dave have you been down to wembley or 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 stadium
1: no i i well i've been i've been to the stadium i've i haven't been to a game yet um i i was hoping uh in the next couple years if the rams would come to london i would make the exception and travel all the way down um now obviously see there's there's a slight situation where uh yeah, there's, there's, shall we say, childcare issues where both parents want to attend, but the child is in school. So that is quite, you know, it's a complicated situation. But for 31 out of the 32 teams, I'm very happy to let, say, the other parent in my situation go. Uh, however, if the Rams turn up, I'm sorry, I I, I am... I am no longer a parent for that day. I, I shall be attending Wembley, and I will be cheering the Rams. I will be fangirling over Matt Stafford, and yeah, I'm going the next time they come. I've already decided no one can stop me, and yeah, that's it. That that's all I have to say about that. I, I'm taking no no further questions on that.
0: Okay, I, I believe the Rams have already been to Wembley. I think I saw I've them. Saw, I've, the seen, I've seen
2: I've seen the yeah. Rams. Yeah, thanks. Did thanks, you see Jake. them at yeah. Wembley,
0: Jake?
2: Uh, it was Twickenham. I went to see the Rams. I've, I've been down to London four times. But right. yeah, I've, I've been Wembley, Twickenham and the Spurs, new stadium. So I've, I've seen them seen them all the stadiums. So.
0: I think it's, I've only been to Wembley. But I've been down five or six times, but it's only been Wembley. I've been, But I did see the Rams play the Patriots, I want to say, in Wembley. Pretty sure it was. Not sure what year that was. Sam Bradford was the quarterback for the Ooh, Rams.
1: sorry that, that 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 initiates a gag reflex response i do apologize um so well it could be anytime time between 2010 and 2015 because sam bradford before jared Goff. it's hard to say his name sorry um between 2010 and 2015 our only first round pick that was a quarterback was sam bradford and he was also the first pick in the draft and we don't have the most success with first picks in the draft, um, as you may. Well, not in recent years anyway, but so we've given up on the draft and basically just recruited the, the
0: more experienced players.
2: Just wow. trade for a quarterback that was previously a number one pick and seems to be working better. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. Well, yes, I, I think Sean McVeigh clearly doesn't like um, draft picks or he doesn't hold <laughs> any stock in them. It's so not he doesn't like them. Obviously, he uses them as bargaining chips. And fair play, because you can't argue with success. They're in the Super Bowl,
2: do you know? That's true.
1: I know. But I mean, we can get players like Von Miller for like silly late round picks that are just not going to affect our performance. So you know, we, we if teams are willing to give up players of the caliber of Von Miller for peanuts, I'm more than happy to initiate
0: that.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I don't believe a team would do such. I think.
0: <sighs> yes, neither can I. Neither can I. A uh, second and a third round pick for Von Miller, going to the Rams. Uh, in in George Peyton, I trust. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, can you say
1: that remember, without a smile or crying? Because uh, I don't think you can.
0: I, I think um, he got a second and a third round pick for Vaughn Miller. Um, and I think going forward in the future, that will prove out, that will prove to be very good. I think that's going to work out well because I think he's probably going to use that second and third round picks as a trade for perhaps an extra first round pick. Maybe not this year, but, but the following year. And uh, I think Peyton's a pretty smart guy. I think he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, but, you know, time will tell. This This could be an all-time awful trade. If, uh, you know, Von Miller goes on to win Super Bowl MVP and then defensive player of the year next year and another Super Bowl MVP for the Rams, then we'll be saying, well, a second and a third really wasn't very good, was it? But um, it, it just goes yeah. to show you you, you, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. Some people thought that the Rams paid too much. Um, Some people.
1: I, I, I mean, I think looking at the last few games, look at the playoffs he's come up at just the right times. Um you know and every time there's been pressure on the quarterback he has been involved. So I'm going to say it's a win for the Rams.
0: I, I would I would say so. I I think um I think the Broncos gave him away too cheap. But at the same time I don't think they would have got a first rounder for him.
1: Sure. Sure. Because, we pure, I mean, we didn't because have a easy. first rounder, but um. Well
0: that's true. You know, no one's getting a first rounder off the Rams for the next no 5 years. However, long it might be. Um, So, yes. Uh, Other breaking news, of course, is that uh, I don't know if you heard, Cam Jordan thinks that Sean Payton will be coaching again very soon.
2: Yeah, I think it's a matter of time. And uh, if I was Mike McCarthy, I wouldn't be getting too comfortable in Dallas.
0: Uh, Neither would I. I think we all know that Jerry Jones is a big fan of Payton, don't we?
2: Yes, I think it's. I would be surprised if uh, next year he's not down in Dallas
1: yeah well, do you guys think that the Cowboys will change head coach this year despite like a much much improved performance over the course of the year uh, when last I, year
2: yeah when, when I say next year I mean after next season sorry so I, I think this season they'll ride again with McCarthy I don't know when his contract up if it's the end of this year or the end of next um, but I assume they'll ride with him if obviously it's going well he'll see the season out um, and then be replaced. And if it's gone bad, I think we'll be seeing Peyton before the end of next season.
0: Yeah, you might be right there. Uh, as as we've already said, Jerry loves Peyton. We know that. I think if Peyton became available this off-season, McCarthy would be gone. Hmm. But... Other than that, I think you're probably right. I think we get one more year out of McCarthy, barring so- someone like Peyton actually becoming available. Or, you know, Bill Belichick leaves the Patriots and says, hey, can I of course the Cowboys? I think. I don't think McCarthy would last long there. It <laughs> um,
2: well, he, he seems set on semi-retiring, basically, and taking a year out and seeing where it's at. And I think that's probably because the Dallas job isn't available at the moment. would I be definitely. a bit harsh to fire McCarthy after a, you know, or winning season, um, but I think next year, time will tell. I think he'll be back anyway, like Cam Jordan says. Mm.
0: And, I, and I think that, uh, unfortunately, we can't really talk about this into that, mentioning the recent news about Alvin Kamara, um, that's been all over social media and on the internet recently, um, being arrested for assault and battery charges. Uh, we don't know what the outcome of that's going to be yet. Um, we don't know all the details, obviously. Hopefully, uh, it's not as bad as it's being made out, but um, Alvin Kamara could be in some, some bother with that. Um, I, I believe there is rumours that there's actually video evidence, so that's not looking good for Alvin Kamara.
2: Seems to be a bit of a, a running back curse, although I suppose Tyreek Hill can kind of join that, but it's, running backs seem to be the ones that stick out the most probably not the smartest move to do when your position is very easily replaced
0: also it seems to be a vegas thing doesn't it yes
2: yeah someone in the
0: water do we perhaps think that the commissioner should look at just keeping nfl players out of vegas
2: that would be <laughs> very bad for one team it would be but <laughs> <laughs>
0: i have no qualms <laughs> about that <laughs> yeah
1: there there is something else that I, I was going to bring up so Jake, what do you think of Dennis Allen? Are you happy? Or, yeah? or Do you think they could be more ambitious? Do you think it,
2: they were under-ambitious? I think it was the smart move. I mean, he's obviously been a head coach before. Um, when Peyton was out with COVID and our coaching staff was decimated this year, he was head coach again. I mean, the Saints defense, we've gone from a, an offensive juggernaut to a, a defensive minor team. Um, so can't really question him there. Um, In an ideal situation, I would have uh, preferred us to get someone like enemy and then somehow convince Dennis Allen to stay on as um, defensive coordinator. That would have been, you know, dreamland. But I I doubt, you know, he would have been a bit slighted by that and it made more sense to promote in-house. It's just interesting to see who is going to lead the offense now. It's, you know, quarterback, we don't really know who's going to be there. Offensive coordinator, we don't really know who's going to be there. At this point with Alvin Kamara, running back, we don't know who's going to be there. And it probably Mike Thomas is leaving as well. So wide receiver, we don't know who's going to be there either. So um, it's a bit of a mess, offensively.
0: Certainly a very interesting off-season coming up for the Saints. Um, yeah. we see what happens through the draft as well. I've got that coming up. Um, but before the draft and before anything else, there is a game being played on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I suppose yeah, yeah. we should... <laughs> Dave's just itching to get in there. Yeah. I suppose we should look at uh, previewing the Super Bowl between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Dave, it's your team. Why don't you start? Give us your uh, your first take on the on the game coming up on Sunday.
1: I mean, I'm obviously excited. Uh, I There were many times during the year that I thought, oh no, things are going wrong. Uh, and that includes our last game against the 49ers. That was... I mean, we, we'd obviously lost six in a row. We, they are, by all stretches of the imagination, our bogey team. Um, for some reason, it, it just... Even, even though we had Leonard Floyd, we had Von Miller on the edges, they still managed to at least double up Aaron Donald nearly every time. The one time they didn't, and the Rams brought one extra guy right at the end of the play... Right at the end of the game, sorry... He got him, and it led to the to the interception. Aaron Donald is going to be the focus, which is why I think players like Von Miller really need to step up, especially against the Bengals. The Bengals' offensive line is not going to be prepared; they are not going to be prepared for what's going to come at them. When you look at the offense, Cup's going to be the the kind of like well, I I'd, actually I think it's going to be split between Cup and OBJ. Uh, I, I think cup in the slot, OBJ wide, it's going to be fantastic battles. I think the Rams are going to just nick it, though. I, I think there will be some sort of rally when the Rams pull maybe two scores ahead. I think the Bengals will rally, but I genuinely think we're going to be too much for them. I, I, just, I can see it. It's written in light. The only thing that's put a dampener on my day is that I have seen previously the Simpsons made... A prediction that the Bengals are going to beat a team in LA, 34-31. and that is painful because I have seen some of the predictions; they are scary true. But I just I can't see it. It's got it's got to be. It's just the Rams Super Bowl in the Rams' house. It's my prediction.
0: Right, that's that's quite a, that's quite a prediction. Getting into that, do you think? Do you think? Cooper Cup or OBJ will have the bigger game? Do you think they'll be doubling up on Cup, so OBJ will I, be getting the, the catches? Or what do you reckon?
1: I feel like if it's going to be man-to-man, it's it's going to be Cup. If there's going to be more man-to-man coverage uh, with the defensive backs, I I feel like it's going to be Cup. If you give Cup, to, uh, if you don't uh, close him down immediately from from the word go, he will beat you it's just that simple. He's just he's just so mesmerizing. Cornerbacks cannot pick up a read on him. Linebackers are too slow to catch him. He will get free. If it's zone coverage or are going to be predominantly zone coverage against Stafford? I feel like OBJ is going to be the go-to guy. Um I I think that we do have we're missing Robert Woods. We have done since he got injured. I I think OBJ's done well stepping in, but Woods was always a go-to guy and trusted by Stafford for the whole season. However, if there's one weakness in the Rams' team, I'm going to say it: it's our offensive line on the right-hand side. I I generally think we are a little bit too weak. We got we've got guards that would be questionable in other teams. Um, we we have decent depth this year, which is which is something that might save us, but. I'm sorry, my confidence is still high. I th- we we're going to do this. It's that
0: simple. Well, never apologize for being confident. Uh, I see the what you're talking about with the offensive line going up against uh, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl this year, I believe, the defensive end for the Bengals. Yes, and um, mm-hmm. he's. I, I I think he's one of the more underrated uh, players uh, on that Cincinnati Bengals defense. Um, Obviously, all the all the stories about the Bengals are coming from Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase, and of course Joe Mixon as well. Uh, Jake, what's your thoughts on that?
2: I think we're on the same wavelength because I've got in my notes here Trey Hendrickson, hundred and twenty-five to one to be the Super Bowl MVP, and that was going to be my my dark horse. Um, but I mean, the Rams are four-point favorites. The over/under is set at like forty-eight point five. So the Simpsons might be onto something in terms of uh, being a high-scoring game, uh, but I think what Dave was saying about Aaron Donald—you know—if I was Leonard Floyd, I would be uh, licking licking my lips because if anyone with a brain doubles, triples, put four people, just just stop Aaron Donald. Uh, but obviously that leaves holes for for other people.
0: Yes, I, think-
1: I also think... Sorry to interrupt you, and uh, I also think... When was the last time... Chase was being constantly marked... By someone of the calibre of Jalen Ramsey? Because that is someone that I missed... I, I, I didn't miss him out intentionally... But... He, he does more than just... Do his job as corner. He is a team captain. He is inspirational on the field. If someone is not doing their job properly... He will tell them straight... Jalen Ramsey is, uh, I think he's he's rated as obviously one of the best in the league. I think he is the best cornerback in the league. I, I, I know, obviously, I've got my Rams tinted glasses on. I can't think of a player I would rather have there in that position.
0: That's quite a, quite a statement. <laughs> quite a statement. So, uh, listen, I, I I love me some Jalen Ramsey. I think he's a great player. Um, I think... The Ram- I don't think the Rams will put him on Jamar Chase the entire game. I think if they did do that, it would be a mistake. Um,
1: they I- they do like to swap them about uh, our, our cornerbacks. So um, I mean, we've got a choice of two or three that have been fluctuating in the off season. Um, but the thing is, well, our safeties have been stepping up. I think Scott was absolutely brilliant in the last couple of games. But if you if you're if you're Chase and you see Ramsey ahead of you. And Ramsey is talking his talk that's gonna put you off you know I I know that I know he was he had he had great connections with Burrows all year long but Jalen Ramsey is just different he is a league above anyone that they have faced and I just can't see I can't I can't see them having the run of of it I think the the bank Beng- for the Bengals to win they need to do establish the run game and they need to be getting consistent eight Nine, ten yard runs against us, which is very, very possible. We don't have the best run defense, but I think that's what they need to do.
0: That's a, that's a very interesting, interesting thought. Um, I personally, I don't think that Jamar Chase is scared of anyone. I think he is confident that he can beat any cornerback. Um, that might be his undoing in this game because, as we know, the big games is where the great players step up. And uh, it's sort of what I uh, hate to use the phrase separates the men from the boys," but uh, it does does seem to be the case. Um, I think that uh, Jamar Chase is is an exceptional player, and I think Jalen Ramsey is also an exceptional player. But I don't think that he'll be they'll be locked up. I think if the Rams did lock him up, then the Bengals will be able to take advantage far too much with the other receivers. Um, because I think other than Jalen Ramsey, I think there's not that much speed in the Rams secondary um and the the Bengals have some big fast receivers
1: yes i no i i I completely agree I think play action throw to the deep after a few runs, I think it will be could be our downfall, but it's not going to be so you don't have to worry, guys the Rams are taking this I was going to say they're going to take it home they're already at home we, they,
0: they could just take it take it into the locker room and we're already home so okay. I need so. To, I'm going to need to get some some score predictions from you Dave Fed is up what is the score going to be on Super Bowl Sunday
1: I I'm going to say it's going to be 34-27 to
2: the Rams oh Jake 28-24
0: Bengals 20-24 Bengals my goodness dead oh, to me <laughs> Um, I think the Rams will win. I think it's going to be a much lower scoring affair than people think. I'm going to see, I think it's going to be a very close game. And I'm going to see 17-16 to the Rams. Possibly okay with, with a walk-off field goal. I oh, no, it, no,
2: no, 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 no. Oh. If it's a walk-off field goal, it's got be, to gotta be the Bengals. They've well, got the best kicker in the game right this now. Is,
0: this is true. It might be nineteen to seventeen to the,
2: <laughs> to it's got the ice in his world. veins. Big
0: Evan it McPherson. Does. Evan McPherson or McPherson, as they call him in the states. McPherson. Yes. Okay, so yeah, that's that seems... the uh, that's the the Super Bowl preview taken care of. I don't think we need to mention the Pro Bowl. I think anybody who watched that game doesn't want us to mention the Pro Bowl. <laughs>
2: yeah. And Anyone who
0: didn't watch that game, just be thankful that you didn't watch that game.
1: Yes, uh, the, the, I, I was not. I was. I, I knew what was that was going to happen, and I decided to twiddle my thumbs instead. It was much more
0: exciting. It was yeah. an absolute shambles. It really was just an absolute shambles, and I, I don't know. I. Should they should they get rid of the Pro Bowl? They used to play the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl. Back in the day, the Pro Bowl was the final final game, which enabled Super Bowl champions, who were in the Pro Bowl or Super Bowl players, I should say, participants, to play in the Pro Bowl. Because they have it the week before the Super Bowl now, you're never going to see any of the players from the two teams that are in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I I think they they should have something else. That replaces the Pro Bowl, though, I, you know, because there is a lot of esteem that still comes with getting selected for the Pro Bowl. There's no doubt about it. But I think they need something else to to replace it with. I um, I I I don't have any idea what that could be, but I think they need something.
0: I think I could have think, rushed for like two hundred yards in the Pro Bowl. Um,
2: I think with like the baseball or basketball they do it in the middle of the season during a break so that everybody's available and all the big stars there like you say with the nfl and it's, a lot of the big stars aren't there because they're in the super bowl and a lot of the other stuff you know you see people be on the pro bowl team that weren't selected because others have either injured or backed out because they don't want to get injured it's it's, it's a glorified like training session really so i think i've oh, got yeah. to look into changing it either after the Super Bowl or incentives because at the moment I mean can't really blame them getting paid millions of dollars you're not going to risk it all no. in a Pro Bowl
0: no not for whatever they get paid 50 grand to be in the Pro yeah. Bowl yeah it's it's not worth it there used to be a pride in it EFC AFC versus NFC who's the best you know um all, it was an all-star team and it used to be great and now it's just um it's it's become a joke and that absolute debacle that happened on Sunday was just, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Well, the
2: AFC have won it five years in a row, and no one would, could really care less.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, like you
2: say, back in the day, that would have been a big deal.
0: It would have been. And, and you're right, nobody cares now. Absolutely, no, nobody cares. It's just... Do you think it, they could do
1: something like they do in Australia? Now, Australia, in the rugby, they have a state of origin. So you represent your state... Well, obviously there's a fair few states in america so maybe that m- might not be great but then you've got players from the east coast players players from the west coast players from the south players from the north and you can have like some sort of little mini tournament after the super bowl
2: It'd Be could, interesting we've got, we've got something similar to that on the island in terms of football i think you could do states but it would be very texas dominated um, you could do teams that drafted you so you know the Jets could maybe have a chance <laughs> St- steady on. Steadier. Um, the Rams maybe not so much because they'd have no players because they yeah. don't draft yes but
0: at
1: least the Saints would have like seven centers in their starting yeah. lineups we'd be,
2: we'd be, <laughs> offensive line would be goated so we'd be fine
0: huge just have the biggest offensive line of all time just like always Scott playing with four tight ends and they're all just guards and centers <laughs> That's the way to do it. The Washington Redskins won a Super Bowl with that. The Hogs. <laughs> the Hogs. And they would put in tight ends and they would have uh, Russ Grimm, who I believe was a backup guard in a tight end. And they would go, they would have these packages. And John Madden used to talk about them. And they, they were called like Heavy Jumbo, I think was one of the packages that they had. So you had your five offensive linemen, You had your uh, quarterback. You had your running back. And then you had four tight ends. And all the tight ends were huge. They were basically offensive linemen. So you had essentially eight offensive linemen. Um, And then you'd have quarterback and a couple of running backs. So you'd have nine offensive linemen and then just a quarterback and a running back. It was pretty good in fourth and short.
2: Not to mention the running back was like John Riggins, you know, basically a linebacker.
0: That's true. That's true. And, and, you know, after he retired, they went through a few years of uh, smaller backs and then they got Ernest Biner from the Browns and they got Gerald Riggs from the Falcons. Just two huge bruising running backs again. And they won another Super Bowl in the 90s with that. And it's just, that was awful to, to watch and play against <laughs> teams like that who would just manhandle you. It was terrible. I do actually remember the... the Super Bowl twenty two, and the Broncos played the Redskins, with the infamous second quarter um, of that game, and just the sheer size and strength of Washington's offensive line was just too much. Broncos are one of the top defenses in the NFL that year, and they they, they just couldn't do anything because the Redskins Redskins just kept packing these massive offensive linemen, and they would just run over you. I think Timmy Smith, who was there, who'd never really carried before, he he rushed for 204 yards. That was his first start of his career, was the Super Bowl. And he went for 204 yards in the Super Bowl. That's painful, you know, to see that happen to your team. But, yeah, that's a, that's a, a random stat. And on that note...
2: Random stats.
0: Random stats. So... Each of us is going to come up with a fun little fact or stat and uh, regale the others with it. So, uh, Jake, what have you got for this? What's your random stat?
2: I've got a bit of a cracker, and it was whilst I was looking through um, some things about the 2009 Super Bowl, obviously the first one I watched, Mm -hmm. Um, before this Super Bowl, the latest calendar date for any Super Bowl was the Saints versus the Colts, which was the 7th of February 2010, obviously with the league expanding to an extra game it means this year is now going to be the latest and obviously it's probably just going to keep getting later and later but the saints versus colts was the previous record holder and it was also uh the earliest super bowl in which neither team has since reappeared which doesn't sound that amazing but when you think i had peyton manning and drew breeze and neither team ever uh, has been back to the dance
0: that's true goodness, I never thought of that. Oh, I thought that was very interesting.
2: Oh, that was a very good one, I like that.
1: Okay, well, I, really I I have one that's more a question for you guys. See, to take uh, a little fun fact that will test your knowledge. So, there, who is the, the the current active quarterback with the most playoff starts without a win? And the clue is. His current record in the playoffs is 0-4. He is a current quarterback in the NFL.
0: He's a current quarterback in the NFL with the most mm-hmm. starts and zero wins. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. Um, yep. Is he a starting quarterback at the moment or is he a backup?
1: Ah, see, that could get away. Because I, so, do,
0: I do have an idea of who it might
1: be. So he was a starter.
0: He was a starter. So it's not like he was a backup on teams. He actually started four playoff games.
2: Yes. I, that does change my, my answer.
1: So, and this year he was a starter as well. However, he did not
0: finish the season as starter. I think it's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Oh, okay. Andy Dalton, yeah. Because I, I don't remember him winning a playoff game with the Bengals. Okay, and
2: Jake, do we have anything from yourself? Now you've cha- changed my answer. I won't lie. I was going to guess Marcus Mariota, but he was not a starter at the start of this year. So I will throw in Tyrod Taylor.
1: Well, I can tell you one of you is correct. Congratulations, Ian. Ah, yes, it is, it is Andy Dalton. He is tied for the most playoff starts without a win, not only with current active quarterbacks, but in NFL history. With a current record of 0-4. Wow. So, and the only other person that has the same record is a Man in the Hall of Fame by Y.A. Tittle.
0: Y.A. Tittle. My goodness. That's going who back also, a long time. Yeah,
1: who also had an 0-4 record. But I think, I mean, I don't want to call him Andy Fralton but he's a, he's a bit of a... I, I don't... I, I can't see what the Bears thought they were getting with him except from experience. Experience of being knocked six yards back on a regular basis, maybe, but yeah I think it, it, if that's a team that should worry for the next couple of years, I think it's the Bears. I don't think they've come together. I think their head coach, they, they had obviously loyalty towards him. I mean, at this point, it was like the Rams' loyalty to Fisher. It was very misguided.
0: I but. think, um, yes. I think we need to wait and see what Justin Fields turns into.
2: Well, they have cleared house with GM Ryan Pace yeah. and Matt, Matt, Matt Nagy Matt, going, Matt, so they they have paid for their sins in terms of bringing in Dalton. So, but I don't think Daltons necessarily bad. Back- I mean, he was a, a reliable backup. In Dallas, and I think he could be a, a reliable backup for the Bears. But obviously, all the chips are on Fields to see if he turns up.
0: I'm I I don't know about Matt Nagy. I find it very difficult to evaluate him as a coach. Um, keep in mind he he, he was a double doink away from <laughs> from from a win in the playoff side with Mitch Trubisky. Um, And I I just find it very difficult. He he really didn't get anything out of his players this year. Now, how much of that blame you put on him for selecting Andy Dalton, for drafting Justin Fields? I don't blame him for drafting Justin Fields because I thought a lot of teams were surprised Fields actually fell that low.
1: Yes, Um, I I was literally about to say that. I think there was a lot of teams that were looking at him. Um, I mean, there was even talk of the Patriots, Um, But in the end, obviously, they seem to be quite happy with their own. Bill Belichick
2: always wins.
0: Oh, yes, he does. Uh, yes, he does. So, I mean, when when the Broncos were on the board, I was convinced they were going to... I couldn't believe Justin Fields was still on the board at nine. And I thought, my goodness, we're going to get Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. And we took Pat Sartan, the second, and I'm more than delighted. I think Pat Sartan will prove to be an all-pro player. Um, he in his rookie season he looked years beyond his beyond his youth. He just looked absolutely fantastic in in coverage, a big, tall, rangy, physical guy, and you know just goes to show you what do I know? Uh, I would have taken Justin Fields. Um, George Payton took uh, Pat Sartan and he was proved right. Of course, you could say, well, he could have taken Mac Jones. <laughs> and made the playoffs but I don't think I think if Matt Jones had been under Pat Sharmer, then he would have been absolutely awful he'd have been worse than Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, I, I honestly believe that I think that uh, Matt Jones was put in the perfect position with Bill Belichick so once again what do we know? What does anyone know?
2: Hindsight is 20 It
0: certainly is um, so I do actually have a random stat myself a very random stat that I came across uh, the other day. Quite often, when people talk about stats, passing, rushing, you always adjust for era. And we hear that quite a lot, you know, um, how, you know, back in the 80s, nobody passed for four and a half thousand yards. This year, umpteen players did it. And um, Marino's 1984 season of throwing for 4,800 yards and, uh, oh, sorry, 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns was just light years ahead of anyone else. So we often talk about that, particularly with quarterbacks. There is the opposite side of the spectrum with regards to that. And I'm gonna cast this all the way back to nineteen seventy-three, where um a running back for the Buffalo Bills, known as O. J. Simpson, oh, God. became the first man to rush for 2,000 yards in a season. He did it in fourteen games. Um, and O.J. Simpson was a pretty good player. On 332 attempts, he rushed for 2,003 yards, six yards per attempt, with an average of 143.1 yards per game. Okay, pretty good. I think we can all we can all say if you if you expand those numbers to a 17 yard a 17 game season, he's obliterating all the records. Now. That same season, the Buffalo Bills, with a two thousand yard rusher, they didn't do too well. Um, They went nine and five. It's pretty good. Um, But it was the quarterback that I want to talk about. The quarterback play is what I want to talk about, because the quarterback Joe Ferguson, who started all fourteen games. Um, was 73 of 164 attempts, which is 44.5%, for 939 yards, four touchdowns, and 10 interceptions in 14 games.
2: That would be a rough two-game stretch these days.
0: Yeah. That would be. Now, the, the crazy thing is, when you think about teams that have a good running game they generally have a decent passing game because um they would either already ahead so they're running the ball lots so that's why they get all the yards or having a power running play allows you to set up a lot of play action passes particularly deep shots um but the fact that you're talking about a team that averaged uh, a player sorry Joe Ferguson the quarterback who averaged 67.1 yards per game. And you think, how is that even possible?
2: I think I'd like to defend Mr Ferguson because if I was in his position, I was under centre and I took the ball, and I turn around and I see O.G. Simpson, I'm passing him the ball as well. I don't well, want to go on the wrong side of OJ Simpson. This
1: is true. And I was going to say on the defensive side of things, if OJ Simpson is running towards you, that is not something you want to get involved in. I I, I nope. Off you go, sir. Have a have a nice day. That is exactly so, no wonder he got a lot more yards than anybody else. If OJ Simpson is running downhill, north to south towards you, have a nice day, sir. Off you go.
0: This is true. He he attempted 164 passes in 14 games. That's twelve passes a game he attempted. So you have to wonder how he managed to throw 10 interceptions when he only attempted 12 passes. <laughs> and then you have to wonder, if the quarterback play is so bad, surely teams were absolutely stacking the box to stop OJ Simpson. And he still got 2,003 yards.
2: Got killer vision.
0: Yeah. So um, that's my random stat of the day. So we're gonna we're going to finish up. We're going to finish up now. We're nearly done. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We do appreciate that. And uh, we are going to finish uh, with a segment that we like to call. And now it's time for stupid early predictions. Stupid early predictions. I see we like to call it. This is the first time we've done it because it's the very (laughs) first show. But we're going to like to call it stupid early predictions. So this can be a prediction about anything, anything at all. It just has to be stupid early. So no Super Bowl predictions. Gentlemen, I want you to predict one thing that's going to happen in the future, stupidly early. Well,
1: I think my offer would be that in okay, so within the next two seasons, Kyler Murray is gonna leave Arizona. I think <laughs> Kyler Murray the,
0: hang, hang on a second. That's not no, stupid early. Okay, okay. <laughs> because so, oh, he literally just deleted all of his social media, the the cardinals from are his you social kidding media. Me? No, it was it was I have not oh no,
1: I have not seen this. I am so sorry. I have not seen that. Perhaps Wait, uh, perhaps
0: I, we should have mentioned this in the breaking news. Oh, yes, I think beginning. we should have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have. This would have this would have saved a lot of effort, but I I, I kind of thought that at the beginning of the season, I think Kyler Murray is not getting the support he was getting uh, at the start of his career. He was getting a lot of support uh, from the players around him, particularly his offensive line. Uh, you know, he was getting time to make throws and he, was, he had players like Lyle child around him. I was... Uh, this this was my stupid fact. The best stupid prediction. I was going to say. I think Caliber. He's he's going to leave. I th- I think he's probably he's going to do a Matt Stafford. He's going to endure it for maybe another year or two, and then he's going to demand to leave because okay. so he's, wh- where he's does he
0: gonna... go? Where does Kyler demand to go to? Come on, throw all your chips in.
1: Uh, if I was to make an early prediction, yeah. I think, I think the Saints, I think the Saints would be very. Uh, very welcoming to Kyle. Kyle I think Murray to the Saints. They've, they've got the warm-up in Winston, uh, who's, I suppose, depending on how you look at him, he's been pretty solid, but maybe not emp- emp- uh, epically solid, but maybe not quite producing as much as he could uh, or that you'd expect from a top-tier quarterback. But I think Kyle Murray is next in line at the Saints. There's my prediction.
0: That's that's a good prediction. Kyler Muddy goes to the Saints. Within the next two years, did you say?
1: Yes, I think so. Nice. I, I think next year he will sort of grind it out and then we will see. It, it all depends on if the Saints draft a quarterback in the next two
0: drafts. Okay. Jake, give us a stupid early prediction.
2: Well, I kind of touched on one earlier in terms of, I think by the... 23-24 season, Sean Payton will be coaching the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a bit sooner prediction, uh, the Saints take a centre in this year's draft. <laughs> 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 that's not a prediction, that's a guarantee. <laughs> that's, a, that's a spoiler because we do it every year.
0: Okay. Oh. Um, going by my prediction, I'm going to predict that next season, to the to, to, sorry, the, the 2022 season, I'm going to predict that Carson Wentz makes the Pro Bowl.
2: It's feasible. I
0: think and this is why
1: drugs are bad kids. They make you think things that will never happen. This Carson Wentz is one of the most overrated players in the league. He is like the diet version of Andrew Luck. He Carson, uh, and when I, Carson no, Wentz
0: no. might be overrated. He might be the diet version of Andrew Luck, but if Carson Wentz gets good offensive line play, I think he will make a Pro Bowl.
1: I think he should just get the name changed on, on the back of his shirt to Goff, because that is going to be the same outcome. Goff got what well, Goff relied on everybody around him to bail him out of situations. Carson Wentz is either going to be making silly plays or he's gonna his leg is gonna be hanging off. It's gonna it's gonna be one or the other. The 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 guy he obviously he's he's obviously got some talent but top three quarterback no no okay. just no.
0: I mean, obviously, I don't want him to make approval, is, <laughs> a Pro Bowl, but it is a stupid prediction. So, there we are. That's what we're going off on. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, we shall see you next week for the next episode of The WinFL Show. I appreciate you stopping by, and uh, we'll catch you again. Thanks for having us in. Thank you. Cheers.